This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by Twitch. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, Scoopers, Dan Stapleton is here for now. Uh, the game. And then in a little bit, we're we're gonna swap Dan out for uh, Casey Defridas from our guides team, who will see if you can uh, spot the difference. Yeah, see if you can spot the difference when it happens. <laughs> we won't we, we won't make mention of it. Watch this space. <laughs> We've got a great show for you planned this week. Uh, we got to talk about this brand new Nintendo initiative, the Nintendo Labo Toy Cons that just blew this our minds. This scoop. is just in. This is just in. We got a real scoop gem for you. Uh, we're going to talk about a new Alien game that is in development. But first, no. while we have him here, let's talk about Dan's two favorite things: <laughs> PC games All right. and Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 uh, coming to PC March sixth. And that's the same day uh, the Royal Edition will also come to consoles, cool. which is an ex- even more, a further expanded version of the original Final Fantasy XV. You know what they call it in France? Ooh. <laughs> in addition to the base game, and all, I already regret. And now it's time for Casey. Uh, in, addition to, <laughs> in addition to the base game and all current season pass content, which includes character-specific episodes, Gladiolus, Prompto, and Ignis, as well as the multiplayer Comrades expansion, both editions will feature all updates to the game. It also includes two new areas of the map, a new, crazy, a new boat, a new accessory, a first-person mode... Some of those things aren't as big as the other things. But it's like all of this, all this together, wasn't in the original game. I know. What about VR fishing? I don't think that's included. But there's in this. fishing. That's there's non-VR fishing. I mean, there's yeah, just I regular play the fishing. non-VR fishing. It's pretty good. So this is all out on in the, in the PC version, which is the first time PC players will get to play. The Royal Edition for everyone else is going to be twenty dollars. All the extra stuff is twenty dollars for people who already own the game. Oh, uh, or so, any console. Yeah. Like to okay, upgrade, I to upgrade really your PC current. Thing. Yeah, that's really cool. No, well, some commenters were expressing their frustration that, like, when you buy the game on day one, you don't get the full game. Oh, yeah. you know? Well, that has been definitely the case for that game. <laughs> I mean, this because is, they yeah. change chapters in it. Well, it's 2018. That game is a 2016 game. It's yeah. now in its second year of life, and like this is coming up on because they've promised they're not even done. Like, and this is in addition to the season pass. Stuff. Yeah. So we're in like we're in like a second season pass territory now, and like yeah. this is getting up there with like Borderlands 2 for like games that, in my opinion, like single player games that aren't like you know MMO or Division or something like that that have had the most continued like post-launch support in terms of big story patches and just small little things like first-person mode and remixing content and changing things. It were in almost unprecedented territory. Uh, I'd, I'd say like the Mass Effect games had had more, and except for Andromeda, granted. <laughs> uh, the uh, the prior Mass Effect right. games had had a regular infusion of, of DLC, mm-hmm. like story DLC, for, for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, but like this one added like just a patch would come out and like, hey, you can drive your car off-road now. Yeah. And it's like... Was anybody asking that. for that? Like, it's just <laughs> like, it's bizarre. It like, is this weird. bizarre mismatch of like uh, story DLC that's filling in gaps in the story. Um, you know, new side quests, new functionality, new areas. Like, it's crazy to me. It is. It's crazy to me too. Like, I I have Final Fantasy 15, but I don't have all this stuff, and I don't have the season pass stuff. So it's like, if I revisit that game in five, ten years, I don't have the full thing, right? I just have like. The initial chunk of it. Yeah. It's just different. It's weird. Yeah. Weird weird times. You always run into that that I didn't get the full game thing, yeah. uh, which to me brings as like an argument against ongoing development, ongoing support, because you're like, okay, yes. you, yeah. Which <laughs> I don't know. I, I 
It's like yes, obviously I want the best quality game. I can at see launch, waiting two yeah. years. Though. Oh, absolutely. There's, well, that's there's a, nothing. That's wrong a with valid it. question. Yeah, it's right. like what maybe it, maybe we are getting to a time when there are only a few select games you got to have on day one. It right. does become like that choice. Uh, Assassin's Creed is another really wonderful example where very meaty, meaningful DLC is coming out now, sort of when that game's moment is kind of past. Like you don't hear as many people talking about Assassin's Creed Origins. And um, big DLC that raises a level cap, unlocks new areas of the map, mm-hmm. new bosses. And I played uh, six or eight hours of that game in the fall and kind of fell off it. I liked it, but, you know, just fell off. And now it puts you in a little bit of an awkward spot where, like, when is the right time to play a game? Like, last fall was arguably, like, the worst time to play Final (laughs) Fantasy. Like, you missed the boat on getting to be a part of the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But you also missed the boat on, like, well, you don't get the complete, like, everything. Just give me all the content and let me explore it all at once either. So, Mm -hmm. um like, as someone that didn't play through Final Fantasy XV, and I'm very curious about it, I, I really like the game style and all is this, that. Is this tantalizing to you? you thinking it is. About, thinking but about there's chocobos in. in it. It's got chocobos. But in the back of my head, I know that there's still more DLC to come. So part of me, <laughs> like, it, it has the opposite effect. It has a cooling effect, a chilling effect on my willingness or excitement to play the game. Like, I'd almost... waited and, and played a Super Edition of a game? Yeah, that's when, like, if I ever don't play a game at launch, I wait for the Super Edition. Like, what's one... I, I've never actually waited. I always mm. play launch. You're talking about, like, the Game of the Year Edition that includes yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, but, like, it's intriguing to me now that I'm thinking about it more. Like, maybe I should yeah. wait. Because they're always cheaper, too. I just, Sometimes I, it's, like, 40 bucks to yeah. get, like, even oh, more yeah. stuff. Oh, like, you get like Witcher during, and then get Steam, during a Steam sale yeah. and you get to, yeah. to get it dirt cheap. Oftentimes, yeah. they'll give you the base game for next to nothing so they can sell you the DLC. That I did know. that with Witcher. was probably the most recent example. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't even imagine getting to the DLC starting yeah. from scratch in that game. Now you're never going to get through the main game. Two hundred hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're patient and you don't mind playing things after launch, it is the best way to play a game because they've sure. like not only just the content, they've ironed out all the bugs. Yeah, like all, all the stuff that you know. You can and all the strategy it. guides are complete. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can go. To, you can go to wikis. It is true. Yeah. And in the case of Final Fantasy in particular, they fixed aggravating things that people didn't like. Like you could only take one con- hunt contract at a time. And like ten months after that game came out, they're like, "Oh yeah, we fixed that." And it's like, what about the people that played it at launch? Like it- they gave it a worse score. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, they're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they're always going to you know put out the best product they can at launch, but yeah. like that. That there are limits to what they can do. Like it's like no no game is ever like if you if you talk to any any creator of any kind of art, it's like is that done? It's like well no, I just had to move on to something else. That's totally true. Right. It's it's like is is a review done when I post it? It's like no, I could have I could have made a bunch of uh, and that's your art. Stuff. Right, it's, just like we're gonna do with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we we, we would have done this conversation way better on take two, but we just have to move on. The remastered edition of this episode of Game Scoop will be you know be some people have never heard our first takes of all of these Game Scoops. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> like in the archives, it's true. First take. <laughs> It's a crazy different experience. Yeah, each episode of GameScoop, we do a couple of rehearsals, and then we do a dress rehearsal <laughs> the night before. The, yeah. the previous rehearsals were completely undressed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> undressed <laughs> undressed rehearsals. rehearsals. Uh, and then the, finally, the product that you see in here is, you know, we've gone through several iterations before yeah. we've arrived here. Sam didn't have a mustache. A tough day. pilot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we tried. We, <laughs> well, we, we retooled mean, Justin. It was because <laughs> Sam had a deal with another podcast who's being on where he had to shave his mustache, so we've digitally added Sam's mustache yeah. in post. This is what that's, it looks like. Here. That's yeah. why his face looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is just normally what I look like. So stupid. Uh, so Final Fantasy 15 is out on PC on March 6th, and the Royal Edition is out on consoles uh, on the same day as well. March I'm going to play it. All right, Justin. 
Let report back yep. uh, after March 6th. Get that PCF from behind your couch. I'm going to push that car. <laughs> but Dan already played it. I, well, I, he's such I, a big fan. I, did of play, I played the car pushing part. I played, I played yeah. the first couple hours. Yeah. I played probably a couple dozen hours of that game, but then never finished it. I just fell off. And I don't know that I'll ever really go Same. I was about 20 or 30 hours in, but I got to the point where they were like, like we're going to fix this level. Don't yeah. play it yet. Yeah. And then you're like, and okay, I'll like, wait. Okay, I'll yeah. wait. Yeah, but it's fall. And but I was playing but now, you've, now you've completely forgotten everything that came before that. So jumping back well, in. Well, I that remember riding the Chocobos, Dan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely did that. All right, moving on. Uh, we found out today a new Alien game is in development. Uh, at uh, Fox Next Games. If you haven't heard of, uh, from them, they were uh, announced early last year. They are under 20th Century Fox, uh, which now also... a Disney subsidiary. Which is now... a Disney subsidiary. I guess yeah. that deal isn't closed yet, which yeah. is probably why they've announced this game now. That's probably or true. Or why they started working true. on it. Uh, that's why Aliens and Kingdom Hearts now, too. Yep. That's true. Alien, yeah, uh, the Xenomorph. Ship. <laughs> yeah, the new Xenomorph and uh, Ripley are playable <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, of course, 20th Century Fox owns the rights uh, to the, the Alien franchise. And this new game is going to be set in the Alien cinematic universe, mm-hmm. uh, for good or bad. Including oh, Covenant? Uh, well, I mean, that that's part that, of the... That is part of the universe, right? Universe, yeah. And, Pro- and Prometheus. Prometheus. Uh, so Alien, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection... Uh, then jumped Prometheus and Covenant. So no Alien versus Predator. No. Well, I don't think they. I actually don't well, know if no, they. Nobody knows. Are in the same <laughs> cinematic universe. I don't know. I've like never continuity. seen any of the AVP movies, but I'm sure our listeners will let us know in the comments. All the continuity is so broken in that they, they should just infinite. reboot it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, now here, the developer is Cold Iron Studios, and this uh, apparently is their first game. They were founded in 2015. It includes industry veterans who've worked on various high-profile titles, including Bioshock Infinite, Metroid Prime Three, Amazing, Neverwinter, and City of Heroes. And it's a shooter. That's crazy. It's gonna be a shooter for PC and unspecified consoles. So, uh, this announcement comes along with the, the news that Fox Next Games has acquired Cold Iron Studios. Cold Iron's founded in 2015. Uh, three years ago, they've been working on something. Now they're acquired to make this alien game, which sounds like they were working on something. I would, I would guess they were. Alien game. I would guess they, they were turn already, it into an alien. Do you think game. they were making like a vertical slice? I would guess they made they made a vertical slice of an alien game okay. that, and pitched that, it. Yes, and okay. then Fox so let's was explain like, hey, what a vertical slice is. We it, it's a demo. That? It's it's a it's a sh- a short uh, playable scene that shows off. What they envision a game will look like. Some of you may remember the vertical slice that we saw of uh, Alien Colonial Marines that ended up <laughs> was was a they didn't turn out, hit that target. They're not great. They did not hit that target. But sometimes they're they're playable for press. And I played the Prey Two one, mm-hmm. and it was like this crazy Blade Runner world that was like explorable wow. and had Borderlands style missions. And all you play is like it's like it's it's why we call it a vertical slice is that it's not. The first hour of the game, or anything like that. It's like it's like okay. Imagine what it would be like twenty hours into the game, and then you get to see you know what you would feel like then. It's a pretty interesting thing to develop. Fifteen minutes of it, you you know, useful from a marketing standpoint. So you can be on stage at an E3 press conference or press can play it, but also as a target for so that everyone on the team understands like this is this is where we're going. And, and it's not, usually not just, super polished and on a great PC. Yeah. So like not just the up. team, but when they're selling it to the publisher, it's yeah. like hey, here's what we want to do. Give us feedback on that. Yeah, so this one is going to be a shooter. Uh, if it's described as a shooter, does that, does that tell you it'll be less of a of a survival game like Alien Isolation was? Right, yeah. Alien Isolation is not considered to be a shooter. It's a yeah. it's a survival horror game. Yeah, so it's it's so we're probably talking about more than one alien. 
A little more action-packed. No, you don't think so? Maybe a predator? I, mean, I, I think. What are you shooting yeah. all that time the whole Predators? game? Well, I just, I feel like, I, the only reason I made that noise is just because traditionally shooting a, shooting xenomorphs is not, not gone. This Aliens vs. Predator, the, um, I mean, the yeah, original they're, game they're was good. I'm not talking about video games. I'm just talking about in the fiction of the alien universe. Oh. Ah, like, okay. That, that's just. In, like, guns are ineffective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it, it, yeah, gotcha. Because we got a nuke them from orbit. Yeah. You just, exactly. just got to keep some distance <laughs> in between. Yeah, just no, get out of the splash zone. They Those have, of you in the first have, few rows. Spoilers, they have acid for blood. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I will be very disappointed if this game is not being designed with VR in mind. Uh, VR in mind. Well, Alien Isolation was uh, in VR also, wasn't it? It, w- it was. It was hacked in, like hacked with in, the okay. with the PC version, with uh, the the early version of the Oculus, like the, the You DK2. and I played that on like the first development right. Oculus, it but but it was it was totally broken because they, it wasn't like fully supported. And like you, yeah. when when, I, when the you, environment seemed to work really well. Yeah, yeah, it worked fine. But like when you would we would zoom in and, and like lock onto a control panel to use it, your face would like go into yeah, it. That's right. I like um, that. Yeah, so it was it was all but unplayable. Uh, at least when we tried it. Uh, but yeah, so you can hack it and make it make that work, and you get a lot of that stuff. But you don't get you know very important things for the sense of presence, like the ability to to move your hands independently and you know freak out when a face hugger jumps on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know th- things things like the 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 PSVR aim VR controller, you know where you're actually holding a gun. It's like that. That's I think very important to the to yeah. the to the experience of playing an alien shooter in VR. That we haven't had yet. Hmm. If I were to guess, I would say VR is likely, and I would say shooter doesn't necessarily. I mean, I equated it to sort of action game earlier, but it doesn't have to be. Like, I think it'll look and feel more like you know a Metroid Prime or, yeah, or a Half Life or a Bioshock, where it's creepy and environmental, and you're exploring an environment. And yeah, maybe the main way you interact with the game is shooting, but I don't, I don't envision it being a big twitchy action like a Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, maybe more like that, and that would work for VR as well. Yeah. If I, mean, I were designing, I would make it about people who created an alien-proof suit, so you wouldn't get acid <laughs> on you. Oh, and then you can shoot whatever you want. Yeah. It's true. Like and this is what we designed—an alien-proof suit. And then it's like—is it also second mouth-proof? <laughs> and there's a jetpack. And there's a jetpack. Okay. There's a jetpack. You think it's a set second mouth-proof? It a- yeah. <laughs> it's like the alien comes up and like hits the glass, and then the mouth goes through, but it hits another pane of glass. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Yeah. And then there's a third. Mouth. Yeah. And then you hold up your hand like this, and like the suit protects you. Yeah. No, no one expects good. the third mouth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Alien Isolation proved to be a fairly divisive game. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey's review for IGN was a little more lukewarm, uh, but I, th- I know a lot of people out there really liked the game. I was, it turned out to, it ended up being a little slow f- for my taste, but I really liked the attention to detail in the world and how they really nailed the world of that first movie. They had like that, some that 70s great. tech in it yeah, and it had yeah, like cool sure. tape recorders. That, and, like, that's something things. everyone agrees on. Yeah, Even Ryan that liked awesome. that a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, this is being, it's an officially licensed uh, Alien game so hopefully you know there will be more cool like world building uh, who knows who knows where this is going to fit into the whole alien timeline now such as it is yeah i mean i know they had planned to do even more alien movies leading on from covenant but that movie kind of tanked so who knows and little... who cares <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh i still uh i still will argue that there's only two i was just gonna say yeah those first only two alien movies are really good alien okay. movies i like prometheus that's what yeah, i think i like the yeah. two uh, I like I, things. I, your apology. I like things. <laughs> I like things about Prometheus, but yeah, like the werewolf. Yeah. I like that part. Right? The werewolf was well. I mean, we don't want to get spoilers. Let's just stop talking about it right there, Sam. <laughs> right. Before we spoil anything else. <laughs> Dan, before we uh, let you go here, we have an, uh, an email f- from one of our listeners that is relevant Ooh. to your expertise. It's Final Fantasy based. My favorite kind of. It's thing. from Scott. Right. Do you know Scott? 
I know A. Scott. He emailed <laughs> us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like you can. Camp Goose. And he says, I was curious on your thoughts on a realization I had. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's an outstanding realization. All right, please had. leave, Dan. Take <laughs> this seriously or leave. <laughs> and I'm out. Scott says, I was watching a review from Mario Odyssey, where the reviewer criticized numerous aspects of the game, citing typical items like motion controls and a lack of truly complex platforming. However, all I could think of is, this is a kid's game. Motion controls are easy for kids, and I truly thought there was sufficient level design for that audience. My question is a little tough to word. Is it fair to critique a Mario game at the same, uh, at the same one would critique, critique Dark Souls? Many of us love Mario 64, which is inherently a kid's game most of us played as a kid. Or when you're in college. Adults are reviewing the game, but are not the target audience. And doesn't that creep into a review? So he's asking about how do adults review games that are meant for kids. Although I would argue that Mario Odyssey is not solely meant for kids. That's a game for everybody. I'm on the same page. Like I, I, don't, I don't think that saying, like, oh, well, kids would be happy with this cardboard box, therefore it is a great game. Uh, is a is a good way to. That's a very relevant it. comparison yeah, you just I made. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going for that, but okay. We'll get to a yeah. Nintendo uh, announcement. No, first. actually, I, I was I was deliberately <clears throat> deliberately doing that. Definitely. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so like I, like kids are. I, I have a two and a half year old. He's very easily pleased by pretty much anything. That doesn't necessarily make it a high quality thing. Um, I think that uh, like and also like when I was a kid, I I, I played. The original Super Mario Brothers when I was like six or seven years old, uh, and you know, had fun with it then. I have fun with that game now. Uh, I think it is a very well designed game, even as an adult. Uh, I think that you know, it, you know, introducing a kid to a well designed game, uh, you know, they might not know enough to appreciate it then because they haven't had experience with a bunch of games. They don't know they don't know the difference between a good game and a bad game for the most part, um, but. Uh, I plan to introduce my son to to good games when possible, but you know, if he wants to play some junk, fine. But I'm still yeah. not going to say that junk is a is a good game. <laughs> so, but what about uh, I guess what what Scott maybe is getting at, or maybe I'm just personally curious to know your opinion on is whether you factor in authorial intent, um, like Roger Ebert oh, the would say. Dead. Well, but like this is a, he would say like this is a stupid comedy. It's very dumb, but it's trying to be very dumb, and it does being very dumb very well. You know, four stars. <laughs> Whereas maybe like uh, Schindler's like Schindler's List or something gets three and a half stars, and then it's like, well, because its intent was completely different. It's like it's not actually saying Dumb and Dumber is a better movie, but it succeeded at what it was trying to do. I, I think it's less about for I mean, for me anyway. It's it's less sure. about what a, what a movie or game or whatever is trying to do, and how much I appreciate what it does. Mm. Um, whether it does that deliberately or accidentally, you know. More often than not, it's deliberate, but sometimes, sometimes you know, I, I sat through a bunch of, of, of college literature classes where more people, uh, you know, dug intent out of out of uh, an author's work that Probably I don't. Probably wasn't intended. I yeah. have no. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was not not intended by those authors. So it's it's just um, and yeah, you know, they call that death of the author, uh, where what the, what the author said is not necessarily important to what you take out of it. Hmm. Yeah, it um, happens with the Constitution all the time, too. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, two things to consider when we write a review are our voice and then our audience, and that really factors into this, too, right? We, we to take the audience side, we know who we're writing for, and we don't always consider parents as being our primary audience, but sometimes we might want to specify that in a review. But again, like we are thinking of uh, our voice 
and our audience being one and the same, which is we are trying to speak to somebody at a bar, yeah. somebody uh, on your couch, you know, that's just a good friend and like kind of that's that's our voice. And it's also our intended audience, somebody we would like to explain uh, how much we like to game too. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I guess the only reason I circle back to intent was Scott mentioned that some reviews uh, criticized Mario Odyssey for a lack of truly complex platforming. And I would say, well, it wasn't their intent to use this game to introduce truly complex platforming. Their intent was to have a world full of discovery and, you know, there's a secret around every corner and, you know, be a little bit more puzzly than other Mario games, you know? So but it's that, like. That's that's really up to the reviewer's own standards, whether what they consider to be valuable in a, in a game, uh, you know, somebody might might not like complex platforming and that's fine and their review would say you know it doesn't have complex platforming but that's fine i prefer this this exploration and discovery somebody well, else freud review. says complex platforming is a sign of <laughs> <laughs> um so but someone else who who really values the mechanical side of it would say well i didn't like this game very much because it doesn't have the, the complex platforming even though it does have this this other stuff, this uh, this exploration that I did that I did enjoy, but not as much. But then you're bringing your personal, and and I do agree with you. I'm just enjoying sort of t getting your take on this. But that's like bringing to use an extreme example. You might say, well, I really like shooting, and there's no shooting in this, and so I don't like it. Where <laughs> again, that's a very extreme example. I don't. That's much more of a stretch than expecting complex platforming from a Mario game. But you're still bringing your own expectation to the table instead of just judging the product that's in front of you absolutely but but i mean that's why we typically go for people who appreciate a given genre like mm -hmm. i if you put me in front of uh, in front of a final fantasy game for example I, my review might not be very favorable because i'm not that into that that style of game um but it's still my honest you just don't like the game. hair it's the style of <laughs> hair yeah. it's just it's just my my personal standpoint on that that style of game is not generally great but it's still my honest opinion of what i think about it about it and i can specify what i did and did not like about it um but that's that's why we try and get somebody who would be into that style of game even if that individual game was not their cup of tea sure. so kids kids don't know what's good like they'll might they might like something and not realize it's cliched or derivative have you seen what kids put in their mouths they have no idea what's good yeah yeah but so but if, a, if an adult is ruining reviewing a kid's game uh you don't think it's their job to approach it from a standpoint of will kids enjoy this? I mean, you can. I mean, for one thing, it's very hard to guess what kids will enjoy. Yeah. If you've ever it's tried true. to, if you've ever tried <laughs> to buy a toy for a child, and they they again prefer the box to the toy, just like cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like it's it's very hard to predict. Oftentimes, is it colorful and makes funny noises? Kids will like it, sure. Yeah. But that doesn't. Am I going to say this is a good game because it has colorful and it has a lot of noises? No, I'll say it's it has colorful and it has funny noises, um, and the actual game part of it is bad. Yeah, you can just report back on how much you personally enjoyed it, right? Right, or, yeah, or, or <laughs> yeah, or like if if it's something that's meant to be played with a kid, you play it with a kid, and and you know talk we about. We have done that in the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, enlisted the help of some younger gamers with reviews. It's an interesting question. Thank you for your insight, Dan. Uh -huh. uh, now we are going to say goodbye to Dan. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be talking a lot about, what is it, the Nintendo Labo and a couple other Nintendo Switch questions. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everybody. Now we're joined by Casey DeFritis from our guides team. I think this is Casey's first appearance on GameSweep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your favorite game of all time? Uh, that's, uh, Zelda Monster Hunter. Zelda Monster Hunter. Mm. That is now a game. I, oh. I wish that were a game. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon Monster Hunter. What have you been playing recently? That would be a good game. I mean, yeah. It would, it be, would be amazing. It would be a lot of collecting, though. 
You got 900 Koroks, like 700 Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. How many monsters? Yeah. Like 100 monsters to destroy, <laughs> hundreds of armor sets to make so you can right. go catch better Pokemon. Yeah. But you right. do like I'm the in-depth collecty games. Yeah, I do. I like them a lot. Yeah. That's that's my favorite genre of game. Good for guide writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> now, what have you been playing recently? I've been playing Monster Hunter World there you go. to uh, write wikis and write strategy guides, and it's been a good time. That's good. That's good to hear. I'm really <laughs> There's excited. There's a beta uh, on Friday. And you played yeah, the other betas, too. So yes. yeah. You can talk about those. You just can't talk about the full game. And you're yes. liking it so far, right? Yes. I've liked all the betas. I've liked the preview build I played. It's been great. If you haven't played Monster Hunter before, this is a very good time to start. And that's plenty of people playing in the office for yeah, the first time. Yeah, so many people, and it gets me so excited. Yeah. Everyone's coming up to me and it's like, hey, Casey, so how do you like Monster Hunter? It's like, you're interested? You're going to play? Yeah, for sure. And the people that are already playing are like, Casey, what the heck does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Getting real-time game help. That's why, yeah. Which is super <laughs> useful, and I'm really looking forward to that. That's why people who haven't played Monster Hunter before, when they play this game on January 26th, Casey's Guide will be available to help. Just Google Casey's Guide. Yep. <laughs> Casey's Monster Hunter. That might work. Guide. optimize this is, that. This yeah. <laughs> that may work. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about this new Nintendo, this whole new Nintendo thing that was just announced today. Nintendo Labo. Is that what it's, the full name, the actual yeah. name, what it's called? Yeah, and then also, know. what's the, the, the package? Toy Cons. Toy Cons. Toy Cons. Which I love. Are the package. I love yeah. Toy Cons. Oh, mm-hmm. That's pretty cute. Labo is okay. Yeah. yeah. Toy Con so like is really cool. But with Lab. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense then, yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, there's a whole, I'm Justin, you probably know about this, there's a whole genre of kids' makerspace-style games, like maker games, Mm. right? So it's like you're giving your kid like an electrical set to build. These were around when we were kids, but they're hot. They're really hot. I had an electric potato. A potato clock. Or steam. (laughs) There's the popular words. Technology, engineering, and math. Yeah. Uh, So that's what Nintendo is getting into with this. It's like a a kit-building system that works with Switch. Do it yourself. They do. I wasn't joking about STEM and STEAM, by the way. Like, it's become like, you know, it's again, as you may know, I... uh, Father. Oh, um, oh. and uh, every cool. toy is like you know STEM friendly, good for STEM skills. I'm like, it's just blocks, man. You can't, <laughs> you can't like that's, assign that. That's basically, yeah. engineering. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, just more complicated blocks. All right, so let's try it. In, it's hard to describe what this is actually. There is a trailer uh, which you can. It's out there right now uh, that you can check out. Nintendo Labo, but it's basically uh, a. T- <sighs> Is it Toys of Life? It's a it's Toys of Life sort of thing. It's cardboard. Kit. It's yeah. complementary to the Nintendo Switch. So you're really going to need the controllers and the screen separately. Yeah. Let's start with that. Like you get you get physical sheets of cardboard that then you punch out and you know fold things together and make contraptions that you can plug your Switch and Joy-Con into to do different functions, right? Yeah. So some of the examples were they built a piano, a playable mm-hmm. piano that your uh, Switch screen sits in, and you build yourself the, the keyboard. You can play piano on it, and the way that works is so. The the Joy-Con controllers are are you see them going the sides, right? And then there's a display on the top, which is your Switch screen. And each mechanical piano that you fold out of cardboard, the has, key, yeah, each key, sorry, piano key, uh, has a little strip of, of reflective tape that that gets vaulted up uh, when you hit the key, right? And then it 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 it's seen by an infrared camera, which is on the Joy-Con itself. So clever. So the Joy-Con is looking to see when these uh, silver keys pop up. Yeah. And I guess probably that's the distance or some kind of... Color, uh, maybe. Or, I guess or some, some kind of patterning yeah. tells it which key is up. Yeah. And you, you can not only do like keys, you can like adjust the tone. That's crazy. With dials. <laughs> how long do you think it took Nintendo to figure this out? And how long did they play test it? 
Yeah, this is, like some of this stuff is complicated. If you look at the the yeah, robot, the, me the mechanical one. design. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can make a robot. Yeah, you can make a robot backpack, and everything is connected. You can put a Joy-Con on your foot, I think, yeah. so it can read where you're standing. It has one in a um, headpiece, mm -hmm. and then you also have one in your hand, and then they're attached to cables that go into a backpack. I love that. <laughs> the cabling is really. We don't know. By the way, this just happened shortly yeah. before yeah. we came. Yeah, just now. So maybe we'll know more before. by the time this yeah. airs. You know, because there's a little delay from recording to go up. But I've I have a lot of questions about the strings. You see strings mm -hmm. and cabling coming out of some of these contraptions, and it's like, well, what's that tugging on? What's going on? How yeah. does this yeah. thing actually work? Yeah, another one was like a, a fishing rod yeah. that you build for some sort of fishing game. Mm -hmm. uh, were there any other examples? My favorite ones is the RC cars. Yeah. Mm. And the, it's not really cars. They're like little walkers, and, and they're based on the tech that you see when you're like in the airport or a mall where you see something vibrating so fast that it's moving around. Yeah. There's like all these, like, this is like a, kind of a way to move things with like that. And the Joy-Cons have like several different motors yeah. in them. HD Rumble. HD Rumble. And there you go. And it allows you to, uh, I guess, stick it in this cardboard bug, and it can, you know, basically figure out by your directions where to rumble right to, for it to move. There's that's actually the one out of the five or however many contraptions we saw. The one that has an analog to me, just as a father of a little kid, like a little DIY thing that's pretty common to do at home, is attach like a buzzer or something that has a little motor on top of a uh, hairbrush. And then it's like, mm -hmm. that's just a fun activity to do with kids. And then it buzzes and it, it'll... It moves you know, around? Yeah, it'll yeah. flop all over your like kitchen floor. Really? Yeah. Hours so of entertainment. That makes sense then. I was just thinking, well, we should talk about pricing on this. But you could make your make your own patterns, yeah. right? You could cut out your own. Once you yeah. know what the kit is, you don't have to buy their package <laughs> because it is, in the end, just cardboard and these metals. Except for maybe the IR sensors. Yeah, some of the stuff is complicated. Uh, the the cars and the little man that you saw attached to the Joy-Con, mm -hmm. maybe yeah. not that, so much. That flops yeah, over. that flops <laughs> over. And there was some touchscreen mechanism going on to control that. I'm not really sure what kind of game that will be. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the backpack, the piano look Pretty complicated. They look complicated. I I, I know people are going to want to DIY these, and maybe even make them out of plastic so they last forever. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, but like you need the switch to make mm -hmm. this all happen. So just like just like games, you need this is to get switches in your house. Yeah, you know, and like everything around you, they can Nintendo could just put out paper kits and kids to play with them. But like this is about using the switch, and yeah, it's like interesting copy protecting cardboard patterns. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> like can you do that? Like that's going to yeah. be pretty tricky. <laughs> Yeah, so Nintendo Labo, uh, the pricing information we have so far is that there's a $70 pack that comes with five kits. Is that, is that mm -hmm. correct? Is that I, I believe so. The piano, the RC cars, the man, the fishing pole, hmm. and then I'm missing one. One other one. And then there's an a $80 pack that includes what else? Just the robot. That's like Just a big the robot. robot. Backpack. Yeah, it's like a pretty big. backpack. Okay. But it's, wow. yeah, it's very large. There's like a um, head and apparatus. Uh, you're holding things. You're strapping stuff to your feet. And there's yeah. a bunch of stuff going on in the backpack. What does the house do? Oh, yeah, the house. That was the, the fifth thing one, in the variety yeah, that kit. You can decorate. You can make it look pretty. I have no idea what the house like, does. It's like it has a switch <laughs> yeah. controller inside of a Joy-Con on the side. It's like, yeah. what's that doing in there? I mean, kids play house, though. Yeah, right? yeah so that's true. It doesn't need to be like maybe the sophistication with the switch isn't incredibly complex, but, you know, just sound effects. And what stuff. if that's Animal Crossing? Uh, and you need the house. <laughs> or like Amiibo functionality, like your little Amiibo live in the house. Yeah, maybe your Amiibo live in the house. So what is the ToyCon part of it? I think those are the kits, the cardboard kits. Okay, the individual kits. Okay, the whole the overall initiative is Labo. So Labo might outlast Joy-Cons, in which it will be yeah. Labo series something else cons or yeah. something else toy. Oh, but the Joy-Con read them and interact with them. No, I'm just saying, like, I think they want to brand this for a long time. Sure, yeah. Like, like Amiibo. Yeah, you're right. 
So there has to be some sort of software uh, that goes, goes along with, with this. Does it come with like a cartridge or is there a separate game that you DLC. have to buy? Yeah. Does anybody know? We don't know how this works yet. Mm-mm. It's interesting because, you know, Nintendo, like I, I my, my Switch is digital only just because it's a console you take and yeah. go, didn't want to mess with carts. Mm-hmm. So that's a decision that I made. But if you're, millions of people are still buying games. So yeah, I mean, does it have to come with a cart or, you know, you'll have the option of getting it from the eShop. Well, we'll know question. by the time you hear this episode. Yeah, yeah. probably. So, well, sorry. I'm, I'm thinking it'll be something that you download because, for example, the 3DS had those uh, AR card apparatus, yeah. and that was just built into it. That wasn't a separate thing that you needed to do because they're such small yes. games. That's right. force yeah. people the to little download. cards. I mean, if it can oh, be in a yeah. cereal box, could force be them on to go it. online. Yeah. Hmm. It's, we'll find out. <laughs> the uh, this is the whole Labo thing is not that far off. It's out uh, April 20th, mm-hmm. so in just a few months. <laughs> Yes, and it's the, the the timing of the announcement is so strange to me. It's less than a week since their last Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had CES where lots of new technology gadgets are announced. They didn't choose to announce it there, so I don't know. It's just, I guess they are trying to separate this out from Separating their like it from the Direct is the, interesting. Yeah, but it'll be all over E three probably, which will be I mean, interesting. It'll already be out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know, just like new sets well, and stuff. And if you have it out and yeah. the floor. In, they're actually doing uh, Nintendo Labo Studios in mm. New York City and San Francisco. So if you have a kid between the ages of Does. 6 and 12, oh, that's um, <laughs> you can, can sign up to go <laughs> early. And in New York City, they're doing it February 2nd to 3rd. Oh, cool. Um, and in San Francisco, it's March 2nd through 4th. So mm. if you go to labo.nintendo.com, you can sign up and see if you get in. But you also have to have a child to do it. So Hey, kid, you want to go see some Labo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so all this, uh, all this discussed. What do we think? This seems cool. I know Sam seemed you were excited about it. I'm excited, but I also think the pricing is stupid, and it's very <laughs> Lego like. Yeah, uh, where it's like they want you to get a Premium big, price. expensive box yeah. for cardboard. <laughs> it's a little bit silly, but it's also designed. But I think it'd be cool if this got to the point, like also Lego, where when you're in the impulse item part of Target. Yeah. You just pull a five dollar uh, foldable foldable toy off, and it has some kind of Nintendo component to it. Yeah, that's what I think it needs to get to. A little papercraft dog mm-hmm. that does something with your yeah. Switch, and it doesn't yeah. have to be a big deal. And the reason I say this is because the Switch is a huge investment for parents already. Already, yeah. So it's like throw them some cheap cardboard. And how know? easy is it to break cardboard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean big, one yeah, true, yeah. one foul step, and it's done. Yeah, you know what? You have to go buy a whole new pack. That's will like a lot. Oh yeah. no! My my cat, yeah, cats. My cat would just completely the Just ate through cardboard boxes. Yeah, that's true. Man, my cat totally eats cardboard. Yeah, that robot backpack is like my cat's like favorite place to hang out. It's exactly <laughs> like that. A cardboard box, you know, that big. And I have very real concerns about the build quality of, and to be fair, not the build the, quality of the cardboard. Well, but I mean, I was, but I was gonna say, like, not all cardboard is created equally. Like, there's grades of cardboard, it's so it's like, but this even looks so, like good thick cardboard too. It, this could go either way, right? Like, either it's gonna be really feel magical and really special and open up this world of possibility, or it's gonna be you're selling us really expensive cardboard and we're all yeah. mad. Like, the devil's gonna be in the details on it. So yeah. I'm, I'm very skeptical, but I will say, just big picture. We spend so much time week after week on Gamescube talking about, you know, 4K TVs and 120 hertz displays. And, like, Nintendo continues for decade after decade to just, like, you're all going over here. I'm going to go. I'm not even. I'm going to go way over here. Just and flip like, the table. Like, yeah. nobody else is even close to thinking about or doing about anything like this. Yeah. Like, so, so whether it works or not, or whether it's a flop or not, like... All credit to them, man, for yeah. like being just be, staying weird and making <laughs> our jobs interesting. Yeah, yeah. keep I mean, Nintendo I know weird. 
Keep I know Nintendo the weird. speculation has been incredibly high since the beginning of January. Everyone having rumors about Nintendo Direct. And no one expected anything like this. Yeah, it's true. Like, totally at true. all. Like nothing close. <laughs> so thanks, Nintendo. Good job for yeah. surprising We were all everyone. thinking <laughs> peripheral. And yeah. that meant to everybody in our office when we were Balance speculating. Yeah, yeah, something that connected that way or it slid right into the slots. Yeah. But this is like taking it all apart and putting it in peripheral. Well, they probably, mm-hmm. it's easy to imagine. You know, that was our, that was the switch speculation from the beginning was those slots. Like anything can connect there. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be Joy-Con sliding into the slots. And that was probably Nintendo's thought process as well. And they brainstormed a million different things sliding into those slots. And they're like, but to make a big piece of plastic that you sell for 40 or 50 bucks, they have to say, do 5 million people want to buy one of these? Like, mm-hmm. But Labo is like, that's probably what this was born out of. It's like they have mm-hmm. a bunch of ideas that are like kind of cool, but there's not like one balance board size, like yeah. just massive peripheral idea. Yeah. So this lets them kind of get away with, with having it both ways. Yeah. And they have such factory supply problems with these NES classics. <laughs> now you're the factory. You put that's it together. That's true, yeah. Build your own uh, SNES classic, yeah, for sure. It's a, I mean, the Switch is already a very innovative, different, <coughs> fresh feeling product, right? And so Nintendo yeah. could have just sat back and rode that wave to many tens of millions of more consoles sold, and to see them take a risk for the second year in a row and just sort of try to press their advantage in terms of innovation is really interesting to me. It's also interesting that this news comes in the same week that Nintendo reaffirms its lack of interest in VR or 4K support. Uh, This comes out of an interview with the uh, head of Nintendo France this week where he said he doubts that VR can appeal to the mainstream. He questions how useful investing in 4K technology would be given it is currently embraced by a relative minority of users. He also questions how much novelty Nintendo could bring to 4K support compared to its competitors, where uh, Microsoft and Sony, uh, Nintendo is a smaller company than both of those companies. He says it would be difficult for Nintendo to directly compete in the same way uh, in, certain, in the terms of 4K VR gaming. So it's interesting that now uh, they, Nintendo sort of demonstrates what they're thinking of yeah. as a way to supplement their new console, right? Well, Reggie said he doesn't think VR games are uh, fun a lot of the times. They're yeah. not intrinsically fun. This, in Nintendo's, yeah. I don't think he's played super hot for VR, but um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this looks like fun for Nintendo. This is something that a kid could look at and say, this is a fun thing that I want to do, that I want to spend time with. Yeah, that's a really so. smart take because it's true when you play VR games, they're, they're like immersive. Sometimes they're scary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're like impressive. And they're like all these experiences. But the game side of it is usually like kind of a back, it takes a back seat yes. to like the experience, yeah. right? And so if Nintendo is really focused on like fun mm-hmm. and play, mm-hmm. that's just not their bag. The 4K thing, I mean, they've been doing that for this entire generation. Ever since CRT televisions, they're like, we're just going to stick back with the people that have the most of the TVs. Yeah. I mean, it's worked for them. They just want it to be accessible to everyone. Yeah. They want all the families, like, yeah. you need everyone to be able to play Nintendo and not have to invest in a bunch of hardware. I mean, I, I love my Switch and I love Nintendo, but cynically, it's in their best interest to like downplay 4K, right? Because yeah. they don't support it, their competitors mm-hmm. do. So it's very much in their interest to say, oh, you know, those TVs aren't a big deal. Don't, don't pay too much attention to that. So, and we know that I, like 4K has made development so much more expensive yeah. for a small group of people that early adopted it. And like they're missing out on that right now, and they can invest in all these other things. And I don't know, like it's, they're just playing a different game. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. They do come back to this idea. Um, well, they used to be a toy company, right? Before they were a video game company. Yeah. But you know, in their more recent modern history, they come back to this idea every once in a while of you know merging toys with video games. They had the uh, 
the cards you could swipe. Um, even back for the uh, yeah. Game Boy Advance. Yeah, the e-reader. Yeah, e-reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the e-reader, and then obviously Amiibo has been a big success for them. So as a company, I, I think, you know, I don't know what Nintendo's going to be doing in 15 or 20 years, but I bet you it'll be some mixture of digital and physical. Um, I think that's sort of where mm. they're, they're moving farther and farther in that direction in life. Yeah, I can really recommend uh, to go to that site. I think it's called Before Mario, yeah. which has just lists and lists of what Nintendo made before and pictures of what Nintendo made before they made video games. And they're so cool. And all these things were designed by people like Gunpei Yokoi, who designed the Game Boy and uh, designed Metroid and Kid Icarus. Uh, really early on, like the 60s, that actually have hints of those things in them. Like there's a Duck Hunt, uh, like basically cork shooting set, for instance, yeah. from the mid-70s. Or there's a series of dolls uh, that look exactly like Animal Crossing. They have like the little cutout, like triangle noses, and there's like little leaves all over the packaging. And like all these things come back around at Nintendo. They're like this really long-term company about play. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's called Before Mario. It's a really well-run blog. Just cataloging all That's this. That's really stuff. cool. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, that's the scoop, Jim, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Nintendo Labo. It's out April 20th. Uh, but uh, as Casey was saying, there's previews uh, being held in New York and San Francisco <laughs> next month, so you can expect more impressions. Are you going to get into those? In early in news. Anyone have out. a child six to twelve? Because I don't. Find one. Well, okay. we can rent. I'm sure we can rent one. <laughs> just rent a child. We can just ask CJ. Don't yeah. actually. I don't know what that yeah. website is. Yeah. CJ, CJ. has all right. one. Yeah. Thanks, CJ. Yeah, CJ has one. <laughs> Uh, for his parents <laughs> seven people <laughs> we're a modern family uh, we have one more switch question uh, from one of our listeners before we get to video game 20 questions this is Colby from Maryland and he says I've heard quite a few people talk about the switch in comparison to the Wii U gamepad or a Playstation Vita and PSTV why hasn't there been much if any talk about the Super Game Boy and gaming at home uh, plus, on the go as a comparison. Was it not well received when it came out? Also, do you folks have any knowledge of a prior set of devices that have accomplished the handheld slash home crossover? Uh, I looked around. It is very difficult to find sales numbers for the Super Nintendo or for the Super Game Boy. So, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That makes sense. Uh, I had one, but I guess I didn't know I a lot of people that had one. Didn't know that existed. Yeah. Until have you, you mentioned seen it. what it looks like? Yeah, I've seen one. I, yeah, and I, I knew yeah. Nintendo 64 had one for Pokemon. Yeah. And the GameCube had a uh, Game Boy cartridge player. Game Boy player. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that does the same thing. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. I didn't know that Super Nintendo yeah. had one. Yeah, the Super Nintendo had a little cart that would let you slot Game Boy cartridges into it. Yep. Super and it Game added Boy. color elements to it, yeah. so mm-hmm. it looked a little bit better. And then, and then it came out, you know, and there was no way to update it ever, but it came out with data in it. So if you put in certain games, it would put a little border around it, mm-hmm. like leaves for the Donkey Kong. Yeah, like, like an arcade cabinet. So certain yeah, games could do a little bit more sophisticated color, right? Am I making yeah. that up? Yeah, no. no. They could do Game Boy Color level color. Well, because some games could do, you know, it was just like, hey, instead of monochromatic green, do you want red or yellow? Like, it was kind of lame. You but could switch like, the palettes. Yeah, but then later games are like Super Game Boy optimized. Yeah, they, like that's crazy. It was, it was kind of a little bit Switch-like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good point. I mean, I think that was the mid '90s when the Super Game Boy was out, and that totally turned your Game Boy into both a, a handheld uh, and a, a TV console game. So that was and it cool. allowed. I read that it allowed people to play multiplayer on games that otherwise yeah. you would have to use link cables with. Yeah, yeah, it made it much easier to play multiplayer mm-hmm. games. Yeah, because you could just use the two controllers. Yeah, yeah. and uh, also use a multi tap and actually get four players going at the same yeah. time on the same system. For an epic faceball session. Yeah. Eight, eight players. <laughs> ah. If you were, um, I mean, the Game Boy batteries lasted a very, very long time. 
because that's always been a priority for Nintendo. But when you were a kid, like it would be real life sometimes that it's yeah. like Saturday morning, your batteries run out in your Game Boy, and then there's no more in the house, and then it's a tragedy. <laughs> like you're just you're just hosed. Like it's one of yeah. those things that like is just lost to the mist of time. No one has that's, to worry about it. I mean, anymore. I worry about that with my Wiimotes whenever I want to play Smash. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, it's been three months, all of my batteries are dead. I guess I can't turn. Why does on that my happen? Wii. Like the the Wii can't turn on unless you have a Wiimote that right. works. Yeah. Even if you're not playing a Wii game that requires a Wiimote. I think in the case of the Wii specifically, (laughs) the Wii specifically, my controllers, I mean, my Wii's long been in the closet, but uh, you would, I would like jostle my entertainment center and the controller's like, hey, okay, I'm awake. I'm ready to go. Like it it was waking itself up constantly and then drained. Yeah. Um, so, but with, to, to bring that point back around, the Super Game Boy let you play, like then it just wasn't a concern anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. It was, oh, I always had ba- battery anxiety with my handhelds as a kid. Yeah. Uh, well, Justin, you may be happy to hear that the Ultra Game Boy, Ooh. which was just uh, revealed at CES last week, uh, has a, like an internal uh, rechargeable battery. Yeah, this is the yeah. Hypercon one. And if you want to play Game Boy games in a really nice way, the Retron 5 actually has a slot for, for Game Boy and Game Boy game Color. Boy. Okay. And it looks amazing. It's just yeah. HDMI cable into your television. Yeah. It looks great. That's like basically a contemporary Super Game Boy. It's pretty cool. It's also an adapter for other systems that are th- the same way. I won't go too far into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's, that's for okay, a, it's a threat. It's for another podcast. Yeah. All right, and that brings us to video game 20 questions. Casey, do you know how this works? I think so. Do you know how 20 questions works? Yes. It's so just you- that with a video game. All right. And our question this week comes from Mark. So let the questioning begin. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. Does your character wear a hat? I Damon, think... I- <laughs> I think, well, I think you can. You really need to look this one up. Yeah, so what, on, I think you can. Like, you, I, I don't think you have to. You can. I don't think you're always wearing a hat, but optional I think it's an option. I think it's an option. Hat optional. Yeah. Okay. Usually it's a yes or no answer. So that was a weird start. Yeah. Did this come out before the year 2000? No. Was this, a, was this available on a Nintendo console? Uh, yes. Yes. Cool. Okay. Um unlikely to have been an exclusive. I mean, okay, I mean, was it... You think it's worth narrowing that it's down? Worth, yeah. It's worth narrowing. Okay, was it exclusive to a Nintendo console? No. Was this on uh, handheld? Uh, no. Okay. No. no. <laughs> well, well... <laughs> whoa! <Aww>. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Uh, Did you just put your hand up again, though? No, I, I took it back and then I put it, it back. Okay. Is it on the switch? Yes. Okay. That was the. <laughs> that's that, was that was really that was great. The, <laughs> that was. I can't believe you fun. just made that jump. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, oh, he didn't realize it had a 3DS version too. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> okay. But and wait, both. I, I want to rewind. So it's a Switch game, but that's not exclusive to the. I feel like this is probably in, like, is it's probably Super Meat Boy or something like that that is recently contemporarily brought to the switch okay i mean is this a game that that made its debut the game came out mm-hmm. from the time the switch launched or was it a, was no no i i think it's pretty clearly been ported to switch recently by his body language yeah that's, <laughs> that's where i'm at as well i bet it came out like 10 years ago i mean is this a game that's a little bit older that got a, that got a port to the for the switch define a little bit older in between older than older than march 20 yeah older than march 2016 uh, that's when the Switch came out. No, it's not. It came out March 2017. That's what I meant. Okay. You're asking oh, yeah, this yeah, game yeah. was originally released before the Switch was released? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes or no that, answers, Damon. Yeah. So that much was a, sass today. That, that was a long walk, but we, we, got, the, yeah. the, we got the point. So, okay. it's, so you can wear hats. Uh, is, 
Is you don't this, have to wear hats. Is this? Yeah, yeah that's true. Hat, hat, hat hat, does this have 3D graphics? No. It's not Doom. Yeah, no, I was, I was thinking that's what Wolfenstein I was thinking. or Doom or something. I mean, not Wolfenstein, but Doom, yeah. Um, Stardew is Valley. it an indie game? Yes, it is an indie game. Could be Stardew Valley. Could be, I have uh, a fedora the other one I said? Could be, could be Meat Boy. Um, what hat do you wear in Meat Boy? I don't know, man. This is probably one of the it's not characters you can play. Meat with. hat? <laughs> plays like Bandage Girl. Should we a, ask if this is an indie a, game? Yeah. yeah. Well, Casey okay. just asked. Yeah. It. Well, well, and it, yeah is. it is. Okay. Uh, do you farm in this game? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, it's 10. Can you find a coconut in this game? Uh... I don't know. I can't answer that question. Justin? <laughs> I'm actually, I played. I where did I find it? I really need one. <laughs> I was going to say, I played like 80 hours of that game, and I'm not positive. This I think you have to go to the this new area. Are there coconuts in that game? Yes, there are, and I need one. Oh, I need you a need coconut. to go to, oh, I don't want to, you need to go to the desert probably. Yeah. It's coconuts. Fix that up. bus. This is Stardew Valley. It is Stardew Valley. Nice. Right. Well done. There you go. Yeah, the handout yeah, question threw me for a loop, but yeah. Yeah. Can we can we agree that if it's on the Switch and you ask, is it a handheld game? Should I, I should say yes. That's a tricky question. Yeah, I think. Oh man, I think yes. All right, you can't I mean, hold it in yes. your hands and play. Literally it. yes, but you I just can, don't want people to say thinking. yes. But you have to give a little smile. With it. <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> a wink. I think the device has a screen. Like, come on, it's yeah. handheld. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. You guys got there. Uh, thank you for the suggestion. Mark, if our listeners out there have their own suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to gamescoop at IGN.com. And that is our show for you this week. Did everybody have a good time? Yeah. I had a good time. It was a scoop gem. It was a scoop gem. Is there lots of cute boys and girls you can date and eventually marry and start a family <laughs> with? Yes. Uh, I don't know, but... Uh, start playing. I am going to start playing. Oh, That's, dude, Damon, I'm so excited for yeah, you. It's time. It's time. It's so great. It's just the best. Yeah. Tell me where the coconuts are at. I'll, if I find the coconuts, I'm sure Miranda can tell you. Yeah. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> do, we, do we not have a guide that will tell you a coconut guide? We do. There's a there's a there's there's a, a really uh, good official guide for yeah, that game, really uh, which has like development notes and stuff. <laughs> but I don't want to use it. I want to do my own stuff for a while. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Uh, all right, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Casey. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. We're out. Yeah.